Up next, Rob Smith is problematic, part of the Gingrich 360 Network. This year's Olympics had a truly golden pro-America moment that nearly brought me to tears, and it had a lot to say about being black, being an American, and finding the love in this great country no matter what. This is Rob Smith is Problematic. Olympics here. They've been a colossal flop in a lot of different ways. Nobody's watching. That you know, it, it's just in a different time zone. Uh, we've got all these wannabe activists, so a lot of people have tuned out because of the wokeness. But I have to say, there is a moment that I was exposed to on on Twitter, which I'm sure a lot of you guys have seen by now. Um, anyway, because this moment is going completely viral. This is a a 28-year-old wrestler. Her name is Tamira Mensah-Stock, and she just won gold in the uh, Olympics wrestling. And this is her completely unfiltered, completely happy, completely joyful, energetic, pro-American response uh, when she was interviewed about this. I I want you to listen to this. Of course I surprised myself. Just by the grace of God, I'm able to even move my feet. Like, I just leave it in his hands, and I pray that all the practice that the hell that my freaking coaches put me through pays off. And every single time it does, and I get better and better. And it's so weird that there is no cap to the limit that I can do. And I'm I'm excited to see what, what I have next. Last question for you. That American flag around your shoulders looks pretty good. How does that feel to represent your country like this? It feels amazing in the U.S. I freaking love living there. I love it, and I'm so happy I get to represent U.S.A. <laughs> love it. Well, well said. Congratulations. Enjoy that gold, and we'll see you out there on the podium, okay? Thank you. I'll try not to cry, but no problem. <laughs> so try to listen to that and not smile. Try to listen to that and not get a sense of the absolute joy that this young woman has in this moment. And it's such an amazing moment. It's such an important moment. I know that this woman has gone completely viral in conservative media. I have seen her stuff on, I think, Turning Point USA did some stuff about her. I did a video on my Facebook page, Problematics. Definitely follow me on Facebook at Rob Smith Online. That is, you know, it's just exploding on my Facebook page. So this is just a major, major moment for her. It's a major moment for the Olympics. It's a major moment for people that love America. And and I'm going to tell you something. This is a very important moment for the Olympics, but this is also... And and this is why I think that this is striking such a chord among conservative media, that this is an important moment for, for black America and for America in general. And if you're new to this podcast, you probably haven't heard a lot of this stuff. If you are a loyal problematic, you've heard me talk about these issues before. This is indicative of the moment that we're trying to get to as Americans where it doesn't matter black, white, Latino, Asian, whatever, we can come together and and support this country because like she said, there is no limit to what we can do here. Now, when you're a black person in America, when you're a black American, there is a lot of pressure to hate on and to bash America. Bashing America is almost now kind of the default position that you are expected to have as a black person. And if you look at any of the prominent non-conservative black figures in the media, if you look at people that are in entertainment, music industry, 
uh, social media stars, etc. What will get you the most attention? What will get you the most press? What will get you the most sympathy for people is to bash America, to pretend as if that when you are black in America, um, you are completely oppressed by the racist history. If you're LeBron James and you're worth $100 million, you feel like you're being hunted down in the streets. I've covered all of this stuff before. But that is now the default position as a black American. That is the position that will get an inordinate amount of attention, amount of media coverage. Now, in terms of Tamira Mensah's stock, it took a high amount of courage for her to do this. It is a courageous act as a black person in America to step up, to come out and say, yes, I love this country. There is no limit to what I can do here. There is limitless opportunity for you to do whatever it is that you want to do in this country. It takes courage to stand up as an African-American and to say that. But here's the thing when it comes to her. I do not think that this was calculated at all. I, I really don't. I think that this is honestly, genuinely what she thinks and what she feels. Because when you watch the moment, if you go find it on Twitter, go find it Facebook, Instagram, anywhere like that. When you watch this moment, you see um, how powerful it is and how natural it is. And this is something that that she obviously feels. Now, the cynic in me thinks that it's no mistake that she hasn't really responded or done a whole lot of press after this moment because this moment has completely exploded her in conservative media. Now, noted that this got a couple of mentions in NPR and in NBC News and, and everything like that, but she's not on Good Morning America. She's not on the Today Show. You know, the Wheaties isn't thinking about putting her on their cereal box or anything like that because... And I hate to bring this back to Simone Biles because I don't want to bash Simone Biles, but this is an example of somebody um, achieving and somebody being pro-America as opposed to somebody that is being lauded as a hero for, for stepping back. And I think that that is the difference. And so, no, unfortunately, I do not think that she's going to get the accolades or the endorsement deals because of this, because it is just simply not extremely popular right now as a black American to really stand up and say that you can do anything in this country, but you can. And the fact that that this woman got a gold medal, by the way, the first black American woman to get a gold medal in wrestling, only I think the second American woman, period, to get this gold medal. It is an enormous achievement. And it really does speak to the the way that she feels about America, the joy that she gets in representing Team America. And this is the joy that comes from her in waves when you watch this this video, when you watch the clips of this stuff. And it really does speak to how she was able to come to this moment in general. There are a lot of black American race hustlers on the left that know that their ticket to prominence and their ticket to being loved by mainstream media and mainstream America, they know that their ticket to that as a black American is to bash America. That's why I think that a lot of the anti-American stuff that comes from a lot of black Americans, uh, especially in the liberal mainstream media, I believe that that's calculated. But even outside of that, I I think that this is such a powerful and profound moment, not only for America, but for black America. If when everything is said and done, 
from what I'm doing in, in conservative media, the things that I'm trying to build, if what one of my legacies can be is just that you can love America and you can see the opportunity in this place no matter what, then I think that my job will have been done. And I thank God that she was able to do this. I thank God that this moment, which is so pure and so full of joy and so full of happiness and so full of pride for herself, for her achievements, for uh, America, I feel like the fact that this moment has become so big speaks to the thirst that we have as Americans to see somebody really standing up for the country in this way. This is what the Olympics used to be all about. And I'm telling you, I hope that in the future, this can be what the Olympics are about moving forward to, what is it, um, you know, 2024 and beyond. Because America needs these moments of pure, unabashed, pro-America sentiment. We need these moments. They are cathartic for us. They allow us to have a release. They allow those of us that love this country to be able to say that we love it. And it gives us the space to do this completely unapologetically. So this moment says something to America. And I hope that this moment says something to black America that we can start seeing America as a place full of major opportunity. We can see it as a place that is full of hope, that is full of joy, that is full of the opportunity for the American dream. Because if black Americans need to realize anything from here on out, it is that the American dream is for us too. So thank you to Tamira Mensah-Stock for illuminating us to this and for giving us this moment. Because let me tell you something, America really needed it. Next up, a member of the squad said the quiet part out loud when it comes to defunding the police and her own personal security. I'll tell you what she said after the break. You know, problematics, every once in a while, the authoritarians that are trying to control every aspect of your life Say the quiet part out loud, right, about how they are more than willing to make your life more dangerous to live up to their lofty ideals, the ones that they won't bother to live by. This is Rep. Cory Bush just did that. And guys, you know that I call out the left's hypocrisy all the time because they are hypocrites. They are hypocrites literally 98% of the time. And this is one of the most stunning examples that I have seen in a while. I want you to listen to, to Rep. Cory Bush. And to give this clip some context, this is her talking about her push to defund the police. And this is how she responds to this. I'm going to make sure I have security because I know I have had attempts on my life and I have too much work to do. There are too many people that need help right now for me to, to allow that. So if I end up spending 200000 if I spend 10, 10, 10 more dollars on it, you know what? I get to be here to do the work. So suck it up and defunding the police has to happen. We need to defund the police and put that money into social safety nets. The thing. Suck it up, poors. I'm going to defund the police. And you know what? I want to defund the police for you, but I don't care uh, how much of your tax dollars that I'm going to spend on my own private security because defunding the police is right. Literally, she said this. 
This is the quiet part out loud, okay? And this wasn't some gotcha interview. You know she wasn't speaking to Fox. And she was speaking to CBS. They go to friendly media. And so she said the quiet part out loud here. And this is what we've been trying to tell you about the defund the police rhetoric from the left. Look. The crime wave that is currently engulfing America is a direct result of this kind of rhetoric. And you have heard me speak about this. I know that you've seen it on Fox News. You've seen crime increases of double digits in basically every major city across the country. And what irritates me the most about this, and actually, no, it's even beyond irritating me. What makes me the angriest about this is that she knows exactly what she is doing. She knows that she will be protected. But she wants to make sure that she is playing to a far left base and that she is saying the things that they want to hear, the things that they want to hear that, that get retweets on Twitter, the things that become viral moments, the things that help her raise the money that's going to pay for her private police security, right? So... She's going to make sure that she says this stuff to play to the base. It is deeply cynical. And the most interesting thing about this, and, and when you watch this clip and when you listen to it, she's out here preaching. You know, look, Cori Bush thinks that she is out here saying a word. You know, she thinks that she is out here speaking the truth. She is out here doing what is right. She is fighting. She is fighting for nobody but herself. She is fighting for, for nobody but the brain-dead morons that continue to give her money. This is all she's fighting for. She's not fighting for the people. And you are not fighting for the people when you talk about defunding the police because the people do not want this. They do not want this. When you talk to people in these cities, D.C. is going through a crime rave. I, I think I shared with you a couple of episodes ago a local news report where they spoke to people that are living on these streets, that are afraid, that want more police. These people do not want this. The people do not want the police defunded. The defund the police rhetoric is, as of now, exclusively the domain of deranged elites who are perfectly willing to sacrifice their voting base to retain ideological purity. These are the same people who ignored when BLM rioters and protesters burned down American streets in 2020 so that they could win an election. They ignored the lives that were lost during those riots. They ignored the lives that are lost in these communities as a result of the defund the police rhetoric. They ignore the crime wave that is spiking up in these cities. These people are hypocrites. These people are full of it. Cori Bush is doing absolutely nothing. But, but here's the thing. And it's not even about the Cory Bushes and the AOCs and the Ilan Omars of the world, because this is the space that they occupy, right? What I hate the most about everything is how the Biden administration and, and these people, how they react to this stuff. Because the Biden administration knows exactly what they're doing, and they're playing footsie with these creeps. They know exactly what is going on. So I want you to listen to, this is what Circleback Jinsaki had to say about this. This is the spin that she had when she was asked about it in the White House press room by, I believe this is Fox's Peter Ducey. Democratic Congresswoman Cori Bush is saying that she favors spending tens of thousands on private security to keep her safe. And that people should, quote, suck it up, defunding the police has to happen. 
Didn't President Biden say a few weeks ago that anybody who accuses the party of being anti-police is lying? Well, I think we shouldn't lose the forest through the trees here, which is that a member of Congress, an elected official, is concerned that her life is threatened, and that's disturbing that any elected official would have to suffer death threats and fear for their life. So I'm not going to comment, of course, on their security arrangements. I don't have any more details on that. Uh, but I think we should start with that point first. I will say uh, that the president has been crystal clear that he opposes defunding the police. Uh, he has said that throughout the cam his campaign for office. His record over the last several decades has made that clear. He has proposed increased funding for law enforcement and the COPS program, increased funding from his predecessor, who was, as you might note or be aware of, a Republican. So I'd note that his record is pretty clear on this. There may be some in the Democratic Party, including Congresswoman Bush, who disagree with him. That's okay. But I would say the majority uh, of Democrats, we've seen this in polling, and the majority of members uh, also uh, agree that we should not defund the police. So, you know, that's obviously false. And, and this is the thing. This is what happens right now. So they've got these far-left maniacs, and Cori Bush is dead. These people do not live in the real world. She's a maniac. She doesn't think about, she doesn't walk these streets. You know, these people live in gated communities and, and has private securities, and, and they live in the bubble, and they act as if they are fighting for people. She's fighting for nobody but herself in her continued re-election. There's this great Thomas Sowell quote that's like, the first mistake people make is thinking that politicians care about them. Politicians care about two things, getting elected and getting reelected. And what I hate the most about Jim Psaki's response to all of this stuff is that it tries to pretend as if whatever Joe Biden's doing is just like, oh, that, that, you know, this is what's really happening. And all of these people in the Democrat Party, they're allowed to have different opinions. That's fine. But this is what we're really doing here with Joe Biden. And he doesn't support defunding the police. When... That is an unfair comparison because this defund the police rhetoric and this defund the police movement, this has spread out all across the Democratic Party, right? This is spread out not only to Congresswoman Cori Bush doesn't really have a whole lot of power. The only thing that she has is like she's just going to say stuff to get elected and to get reelected and to raise money so that she can continue to be reelected. That's it. These people get into Congress and they want to be there forever, right? Now, the people that are in the city councils, of uh, the people that actually have the power to do this, that is where this rhetoric goes, and they have made those overtures. This is one of the reasons why we are seeing the violent crime spike in these cities. So the idea that because one congressperson says something and, and Joe Biden doesn't support it or whatever, and that doesn't mean that it's true, it's completely false. And these people think that you are dumb enough to accept that spin. So my message to the Democrat Party is this. And, and look, this is maybe this will uh, this will piss off some of my conservative fans. Look, this is what I do believe. This is what I've always believed is that America is good and it's more functional with two non-insane parties, right? But the issue that we're having right now, the reason why me and so many completely sane people have come over to the conservative side is that the Democrats have gone absolutely insane. And in Mark Levin's words, they're playing footsie with these radicals because they're too afraid to stand up to it and they're too afraid to speak out about it, right? So my advice to Democrats is this. You need to start getting rid of these radicals. You need to start getting rid of these crazies. You need to start primarying these radicals and these crazies and get them out of office, right? Now, you know, you guys have done a good job th this week. 
crazy Nina Turner lost that. I think she was in a two-way primary with Chantel Brown. This was over in Ohio. And Chantel Brown, definitely the more moderate version. Nina Turner is crazy. But, you know, that's a good start. And the Democratic Party, let me tell you something. You guys need to start purging yourselves of these maniacs. Because if what I think is true, if what I think is about to happen to this country in the next 10 years is true, you guys are going to be in the woods for a very long time, I believe, for the better part of a decade. And it's because you're letting these radicals run wild and you are too afraid to stand up to them. And you guys are going to get slaughtered in 22 and beyond. And I hope that you do, because it is the only way that you guys are going to purge your party of crazies like Cori Bush. Up next, I'm going to answer some questions from you, my loyal problematics. You don't want to miss this Q&A coming up right after the break. All right, problematics, um, let's answer a couple of questions. I, I think that I'm going to start doing this a little bit more often because I, I want to hear from you guys. I want to hear what, what you think. I was on my Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Rob Smith Online, and I solicited some questions from you. So this is part one of two of the q and I'm going to get into the second part on the next episode, but I'm going to answer a couple of questions here. And this first one, I, I really, really think it's a great question because now I can go into you know my criticisms of, of certain aspects of this party. So this is Becca. And she asked me what my biggest pet peeve with the GOP is. And I'm going to tell you, my biggest pet peeve with the GOP right now as it stands is that it is full of weak people that are pretending to be strong. These people are weak. Lindsey Graham is weak. Who else? These congressmen and congresswomen, they are weak. They are fighting for absolutely nothing but their own reelection. There are real, actual, fundamental fights that they could be fighting right now that are important for the direction of America. And I'm talking about mandatory vaccinations. I am talking about the censorship that happens in conservatives with big tech. I am talking about the collusion that big tech has with the government right now. Uh, with the Democrats, I got my buddy D.C. Drano, Rogan O'Hanley. He's out here fighting this right now. I think he may be going to the Supreme Court. He has actual proof that people in government in California colluded with Twitter to ban him from Twitter. So there are some actual fights that are going on right now. And so instead of fighting these fights, instead of doing things that may be unpopular, they are pretending to fight. They are pretending to fight these BS fights with the radical left that don't do anything and that don't cost them anything. Nobody is doing anything that is unpopular but is for the greater good. These people aren't standing up to big tech. These people aren't standing up and calling out de Blasio for for mandatory vaccines in New York City. What is Elise Stefanik? This is our congresswoman in New York, right? What has she had to say about this? Has she said anything about this? And my biggest pet peeve with the GOP, it's my biggest pet peeve with the entire political system in general, which is not why, no, I'm not running for office, because I do not want to be a part of that. I do not want to be a part of anybody influencing what I say or what I feel or how I'm supposed to think or how I'm supposed to believe. And my biggest pet peeve with the GOP and with politics in general is that it is filled with people like this. 
It is filled with people that want nothing more than to just get reelected and to just have their own power and to pretend and to give their little speeches and to beg for money and to engage in this political theater. Like, I think it's gross. I, I really honestly do. I think it's gross. And so my biggest pet peeve with the GOP is the pet peeve that I have with politics in general is that it's all a joke. These people aren't fighting for anything. You know what they're fighting for? They're fighting to get reelected. They're fighting to continue to be elite because, trust me, if you're a congressman or woman or you're an elected official in either party, you are one of the elites. And honestly, this is what they're fighting for. Like, they're not fighting for me. I don't want you to fight. You just have to leave me alone. Because if you were fighting for me then I wouldn't be getting banned on Facebook for for speaking truth. I wouldn't have to deal with forced vaccinations if I want to go dine in when I visit New York City. You guys aren't fighting for me. So that's my biggest pet peeve with the GOP. Somebody asks, am I a bad person if I don't accept quote-unquote non-binary people or if I only believe in two genders? No, you're not a bad person. You're just a person that exists in the real world. You know, I spoke in the last question about the fact that I got banned from Facebook. I got a strike on Facebook for a week. And my Facebook page at Rob Smith Online, my Facebook has 325,000 followers on it. I post my videos. I post my content. It's a real community there. And so when you get three strikes on Facebook, they will ban you. They will just remove you from the platform. And all of those people will be removed. And I did a video on Demi Lovato, the pop star. She came out, and I'm going to call her she. She came out as quote-unquote non-binary, which means that she's neither male nor female, which is ridiculous because non-binary is ridiculous. It is a completely made-up thing that generated from boring people on the internet, and now this is something that we're supposed to believe. It's, It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And if you only believe in two genders, no, you're not a bad person because there are only two genders. If there's a trans person that wants to go by female or male pronouns or whatever, you can do that. That's fine. But fundamentally, ultimately, and this is the God's honest truth, and I have um, I have a lot of empathy for trans people. And like I said, I will call them by, you know, if you like, you know, some people had an issue when I did a video on Caitlyn Jenner and I just said that Caitlyn Jenner is an awful candidate, but I called Caitlyn Jenner she and, and some of the Facebook fam had you know, issues with that. They're like, oh, you should call, you know, that's a man, that's a man. It's like, I would just never do that because I would never go out of my way to be hurtful, right? But fundamentally, a trans woman will never be able to have a baby. That is just never going to happen ever, right? So there there are two genders and that just is what it is. And, and that is not making you a bad person. That is called existing in reality, And existing in reality right now is becoming harder and harder because there are so many people who want you to believe um, and to say things that are fiction in order to, I don't know, sort of exist. And I said on, uh, on Facebook, I will not even bring up any of the crazy LGBTQ stuff anymore. I will not do it. I've got something interesting coming up for you guys in a couple of weeks. You'll see what it is. I'm just I'm going to a space where I cannot be censored. We'll just put it that way. But I know that if I speak the truth about the far left radical LGBTQ on Facebook or Twitter or on Instagram, somebody will report it for hate speech and I'll, I'll get booted off. That is what happens when you speak truth today. All right. One more question in part one of the 
Q&A. Is there any way to deal with friends who are in the COVID cult or are they too far gone? I believe they are too far gone. I believe that the people that got mixed up in the COVID cult from the very beginning are are too deep into this. They're too deep into... There's a couple of things going on here. First of all, they are too deep into their idea of themselves as some sort of more moral person, right? If they wear the mask, if they, you know, have all the vaccines and still wear the mask. If you're like, you know, the the idiot race lady on MSNBC, Joy Reid, she said, well, you know, I've got vaccinated, but I still double mask when I'm jogging outside. This is lunacy, this is mental illness. This doesn't make any sense. And and like I've said before about the vaccine, like I will continue to say about this vaccine, if you want the vaccine, take it. If you don't want the vaccine, don't take it. It's pretty cut and dry, if you ask me. But these people that are that are deep into this COVID lunacy, there is no dealing with them. They are too far gone. These people will continue to wear these masks no matter what. They will continue to get manipulated by the mainstream media because it's a, it's an off year and the mainstream media is bored right now. Their numbers are going down post-Trump to the tune of double digits. So now all they have is COVID hysteria. And you will see COVID hysteria at least. I thought that the COVID hysteria would be over by now. But with these new variants and all of this stuff, you will see COVID hysteria and COVID fear porn through at least the beginning of next summer. Through at least, I thought that we would be turning the curve on this by now, but no, you're going to see it because number one, the the COVID cult needs it to to continue to justify their sense of superiority at wearing the mask or doing whatever. The mainstream media needs it because COVID fear porn and and the people that are addicted to it it gets them ratings. It, it does. And so you're not going to see that go away. So to deal with the friend that is in the COVID cult, they are too far gone. And to define what the COVID cult means, I'm talking about the people that are vaccinated and still wear masks. I'm talking about the people that are vaccinated and still double mask up when they go into public spaces. I I live in a, a condo building. There's a gym in my building. There are people that do that here. These people are too far gone to deal with. So my advice to, to you, this, this person that is dealing with friends in the COVID cult, is to wish them well and keep a wide berth. Because these people have gone very far down the rabbit hole and they ain't coming back. Before we go, I want to thank my fellow problematics so much for listening. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a review and rate us with five stars on Apple Podcasts. You can also find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at RobSmithOnline. Special thanks to our producer, John Cassio, researcher Aaron Kliegman, and executive producers Debbie Myers and speaker Newt Gingrich, part of the Gingrich 360 Network.